Welcome to the best podcast available, Training Camp Edition. Here are your hosts, Jason Gibbs, Andrew Gribble, and Nick Shook. And we welcome you into Berea on a Monday. It's an exciting week. Very exciting. See the look? He's excited. See that look? Took his hat off, too. He's so excited. Week four of the preseason and a game on Thursday night in the Battle of the Barge as the Browns take on the Lions. But first, we need to recap what happened today at practice and also get some thoughts on the Friday night, quote, dress rehearsal game. I'm Jason Gibbs. He's Nick Shook. He's Andrew Gribble. And this is the best podcast available. Gribbs, a pleasant Monday afternoon to you. Uh, Takeaways first from Friday night's game against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Maybe some overreaction on fans' parts. Maybe some reason for worry in certain aspects. Yeah, I mean, I'll start with the good, which was the defense as a whole, and specifically the defensive line, which just wreaked havoc the entire time they were in there. And that's what you wanted to see. I mean, it was only we only got to see Vernon and Garrett on the field for one series, but they were just absolutely overmatching Tampa Bay's offensive line, which not in the top half of the league when it comes to offensive lines, maybe in the bottom five or ten, but you put a top end defensive line against that offensive line and they dominated the way that they should. And uh, it really didn't allow the Buccaneers to do much of anything on offense. They had one drive that kind of fizzled out at the end and they missed a field goal. Uh, Offensively though, nothing really good to report. It wasn't, it wasn't a good night and it, it started, uh, it was a really a mix of everything. I think you look at Baker Mayfield's final numbers, 10 to 26, not good. Uh, Missed on some throws, Wide receivers dropped a lot of those throws, weren't in the right place where they should have been for those throws. And the offensive line, there was, there was too many times where Baker was running around. I mean, it just wasn't really a, a good night at all for the offense. And at, the only thing that – the one thing you have to take away from it, first off, it's preseason. Secondly, it was not a normal game plan. They clearly went out and tried to throw the ball a lot. They weren't trying to establish the run. Uh, but it just – it didn't seem like anyone played particularly well in offense. You know, I give some credit to Tampa Bay's defense. I think Todd Bowles has a pretty good scheme going there. Uh, they disguised a lot of the looks. I think they probably brought more and showed more than the Browns might have been prepared for, considering it was a preseason game. But there were a lot of times, too, where J.C. Treader said it today as well, where it wasn't scheme, it wasn't what the Buccaneers were showing them. They just didn't do what they needed to do fundamentally. They got away from their fundamentals. And, you know, as a line, you're a group of five. If one guy, you know, messes something up, you're all going to look bad. And And sometimes it's less obvious to see on tape than it would be you know, to the, to the average fan than it would be to the player. So um, it's a little bit difficult to diagnose, I think, at times. But that's what they said was, you know, we just messed up our fundamentals and it made us all look bad. And we've corrected it since then. We're going to move forward. Hopefully you see that kind of have a trickle-down effect to Baker Mayfield's timing and accuracy, which was a little bit off, and also the receiver's ability to run routes and, and, and catch passes because if Baker's got more time to throw, more time to survey the field, maybe a guy can get open or, or throw him open, that kind of situation, instead of being so rushed. He was rushed a lot on Friday night, and that wasn't very good. Th- that game had the recipe to be a blowout in the first half. Yeah, sure. I mean, your defense plays that well and sets you up with the field position you had the entire first half. Yep. You should have been up by three scores, and really it was you're up by nine. But that is encouraging, though, because you know if your defense can play like that, then you're going to be in pretty much every game. Yeah, it was a lot like the first half of last season where you kept getting these turnovers and you weren't turning into points. And that's that's what it was. In in terms of a Baker game, I don't think that we've seen Baker play like that at any point. Chargers game maybe last year, second half of the Steelers game. That's about 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 it. I mean, I thought he was a little bit limited after the first drive in the Denver game when they went right down the field. But 
nothing like that. It just he was just off a little bit, and there's there was some clearly some rust to get knocked off. I, I do think again with a preseason game plan, if it was a regular season game, I think if that started happening, you maybe set up some easier throws. Oh, yeah. You start setting up sure. stuff to running backs to kind of get a rhythm going for the offense. You might have gone hurry up to kind of inject something into the offense. But, so they been back. they they kept going for some some clearly some plays they wanted to run. Freddie talked about it today where they were setting up some some individual one-on-one things that they can evaluate on tape. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, there was the the pass that Baker threw to Rashard Higgins in the end zone is about as good of a pass as you'll ever see in an NFL game. It just was dropped. It was a tough catch to make, but it, was, it should have been made. Uh, and I thought he dropped a nice one into, I think it was Demetrius Harris for a potential touchdown. So he made some good throws. Uh, not, it just nothing really worked. And let's go back to those three games that you guys had mentioned where you saw him like that last year, which was you said the Chargers and you also said the Steelers, the second half of that Steeler game in, uh, in the middle of the season, and also Denver. All three of those teams have either an elite edge rusher or a formidable defensive line. Uh, we remember that Steelers game was pretty much the last time that, um, you know, before we saw Greg Robinson playing consistently at left tackle. So my point in that is you didn't get a second half of this preseason game because it was a preseason game. That's when you can make your adjustments. You can set up the shorter passes, the screens, kind of make the defense, you know, take them from pinning their ears back and rushing so forcefully and kind of catch them uh, with their pants down or whatever it might be, catch them off guard so that you can get some chunks. And they didn't do that because it's a preseason game. So those missed opportunities are glaring, but you also usually will have two more quarters to try and figure that out. And you have enough talent on this field and on this team, including the guys who weren't on the field, which is an excuse but can be cited here, to be able to overcome those issues as long as you get another two quarters to do so. Offense struggled. Defense played well. Oh, and the kicking game. Ah, yes. Pretty impressive night for our kicker. Yeah, it wasn't until after the game that I realized that Seibert's 54-yard make was three yards longer than any kick he ever made in college. So that one is encouraging, especially, too, the way it looked. And it had plenty of distance on it. He's got the leg. There's no issue with that. It was more the other kicks that were good that you could see he was getting in a rhythm. Uh, And I I believe I want to credit the best podcast available – for suggesting this, I believe, last week when we said maybe they give Cybert a full game and then Greg Joseph a full game we to did. let them have a rhythm, you know, let them go in knowing that they're going to have the full the full game and they're not just at the mercy of opportunities. So I'll pat myself on the back for that one. But I think it, it, may, it was clear that Cybert gained confidence as the game went on, and it, it really that first make made everything look good after that and may i also point out that we were just one field goal shy of reaching my dream scenario in which the browns score 15 points and they all come from field goals and they win the game they didn't they came one field goal shy scored 12 points all from field goals for a while there i was like i can't believe this might actually happen but it was a good evaluation tool i think for austin cyber and a good way for him to build up some confidence because we're running out of time, and the pressure is only going to increase from here. And you do have to wonder what kind of pressure is on Greg Joseph now if he gets this fourth game, which I'm sure we'll talk about more later. Well, I mean, we, we can discuss it right now. I mean, I think that Freddie, of course, played coy about it. Uh, I'll talk about it. We'll figure it out after I get done meeting with the media for the final time in the week. Yeah. Um, but I would assume that it's Joseph kicking on Thursday night and, you know, and, and the Scottish Hammers the holder maybe. To me, it's a little bit of a trickier decision, though. Yeah. Like, does that mean you've seen enough from Cyber? Like, wouldn't you want if you if you think this guy's angling to win the job, wouldn't you want to see him more in this game? Yeah. And but, you know, you have a full body of work on Joseph. It, That's a great point. But it's kind of a catch twenty two though, because if you yeah. want to call it a fair kicking competition, you're not giving that other guy in the competition a full game when you gave the rookie the full game, and they weren't out there kicking today, so. 
you know, where are these opportunities for this to be an even playing field at this yeah. point? I just don't know what Joseph could do at this point to be better than what Cybert was on Friday. Like it's just going to be tough. It's, it's going to be tough to have Thursday and did the same thing. Yeah, right. It, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough to give your kicker four field goal opportunities in a game. Yeah. The, the other point too is l- let's say that Joseph matches that. Well, then you're back to square one because yeah. at this point, <laughs> I mean, the only lead Austin Cybert has is the fact that he played the game, and made all his field goals. Well, Joseph does the same thing, then he comes right back up here, and we're even. And then what decision do you make? It's a tough one. All right, so those are the quick takeaways from Friday night's dress rehearsal game against Tampa Bay. What did you see today? Um, We got access. We got to watch, which was a pleasant surprise. Uh, What we saw, can you really read into anything that you saw today out on the practice field? Uh, I would say the first thing is that there's a lot of guys back. I mean, there's five players who were not practiced in team drills that were practicing in team drills. I mean, Odell Beckham was the big, the big one first first time in about three weeks. He's been out there for team drills. Uh, a lot of help in the defensive backfield. T.J. Carey, Justin Bur- Burris, Jermaine Whitehead, and then Brian Price, who's been out since about the first week of camp. He's back on the field. So that's five players that you've added to the group. Granted, you're not going as physical as you have been, but it wasn't. It was still a full pads practice. Sure. There was contact. Uh, so these guys are healthy, and I think that I wrote that. This team is right now as healthy as it's been since maybe the start of camp, which is a good thing to be, especially when you know you're not going to play many of the, the guys that you're going to need in the season opener this Thursday. So this team's in good shape even th- despite uh, the physical training camp. Secondly, I saw a lot of work for the ones, and I don't know if tomorrow's practice is going to be like that because you got to get these guys ready for Thursday's game. But I think today it looked like was today's workload for your starters, and maybe tomorrow is where you get the threes and fours more active because they're going to have to play. Sure. Yeah, it was, it was a good bit of planning, I think, on their part, on the coaching staff's part, and also a good bit of luck that you got through these first three games unscathed with the important guys, you know, the first teamers or whatever it might be, knock on wood or whatever this desk is made of. I'm not sure. But also, I'll knock on anything that I, resembles wood. It, yeah, I don't know. There's some, it's, there's some type of finish here. Sure. Uh, but it's also, it, it felt more like a regular season practice today. I mean, the, the pace was good, the, the effort was good, but even the wind was blowing, it was a little bit cooler out, it felt like we were in mid-September, maybe late September, early October, and and you see Odell out there running drills with the team and everything else, you know, in team session, and group session, that's something we haven't seen in a long time, that makes me think, mm, games are going to start counting here really, really soon, which I think is encouraging, but definitely a different tone than what we had seen during training camp. Freddie says he's not getting ready for Tennessee, but maybe his coaches, I would think have an eye towards that. The scouts have an eye towards exactly what they're going to need to start working on as we get closer here to the season opener. When I used to cover college sports, mostly most recently Alabama, the coaches would admit this, that they would spend their August practicing for maybe four different opponents, their first four opponents, but they wouldn't tell the players. They would sprinkle in some things into practice that you'd be practicing for this certain look and that's just what happened to be the team you're facing. So maybe you're not telling the players that they're practicing for the Titans or practicing for the Jets or the the Rams, but you make, you make it a part of your practice plan. So that, I can't say that's what's happening now, but they're, they're not just doing this to get exercise out there. Correct. I mean, they're, they're, they're getting these guys mentally prepared for some looks that maybe they don't even know they're going to see yet. And, and to that point, something that we didn't see that we saw last week at pretty much this point in preparation for the game, we didn't see much scout team or much of guys wearing you know jerseys with different numbers on them. And I think that's kind of to what he's saying, which is 
Yeah, you might spend the next couple days preparing the guys who are going to play in this game for that game, but ultimately you're drilling stuff that you want to use in the coming weeks. I mean, if you think about it, it's a little bit of a luxury. I got an extra week or extra couple practices to prepare my ones for week one against Tennessee because unlike in past years, the majority of this roster is pretty solidified. Uh, we're talking about the bottom quarter maybe that you got to figure out where these guys are going to land. So that gives you a little bit of an ability to both project where you are personnel-wise, and also prepare them a little bit earlier than you might if you still had a, a lot of position battles to figure out and you know maybe half your roster wasn't set. So it's good for them. It was this time last year where Desmond Harrison was getting his first snaps yes. left tackle right. with the first team. <laughs> and ended up starting. So Yeah, I mean, it's a, you're, in a better, you're in a better place now. We saw more Eric Cush with the starters. That looks about as mm-hmm. solidified as it can get. We'll see if there's some performance issues in the season. I would I would be of the opinion that Drew Forbes is your next man up at that position. And, and I think they feel good about him. I mean, yeah. he's he's been mentioned by multiple coaches unprompted in the last few weeks, um, whether it was in press conferences or with the, on building the Browns, whatever it might be. And he's steadily improving. And I think he's one of those kids who's a natural sponge. I know we've talked about him a lot, and he's not playing, so it's going to be frustrating for fans to be like, well, we don't get to see him that much, and you talk about him all the time. His potential is there, and I think the more you watch him in practice, the more evident it is. It's just a matter of reps and getting more comfortable over time. They could have something in him. If we look at it down the road, you might see a full game out of Corbett center, Forbes or right guard on, and that day. and that could be your future. Yeah, I not, wouldn't not now, but future. yeah, yeah, exactly. Is there any chance that any starter plays that's not a kicker or punter? <laughs> I think Freddie <laughs> made that pretty clear after the game on Friday. Yeah, no chance. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I and I'll, I, part I, of me I wants think, to see the offensive line for another series. Give I would me a series. I would that. think that extends to some other players too like I think they're like a, a someone like a Chris Smith sure like what do we Rotational you don't, you don't, guys, you don't yeah. need you don't need to see anything yeah. more out of him kind I mean, of like the sixth man or like even I would imagine both Chubb Doncho Hood both probably not gonna play yeah lot, lot both of, are uh, tight ends probably not a lot, lot of uh Treon Gray and Darius Johnson this week probably I went back and thought we were talking about it at practice today everyone that made a big play in last year's um preseason finale I don't think was on the team, except obviously Baker had some good throws at the beginning. Sure. But remember, Nate Orchard had that touchdown return. Matt Days had a big night. Uh, Justin Curry had a big game. You know, it, it's it's you the 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 NFL passing this rule that made you that allowed you to keep your roster at 90 uh, for this final game. Uh, people have taken full advantage of it. Sure. As well they should. It's a good chance to put out some good tape because you could get a job somewhere else. You know, Just because this team has a lot of positions figured out doesn't mean other teams do. Well, and, and I mean, we were talking about it today. Orson Charles getting picked up uh, you know, over the weekend by Denver. Like Guys that were dropping are getting picked up and getting picked up quickly. Right. And it's been a while since we've had that. Yeah. It's, it's a nice change. Yeah, no question about it. And it, it will be you, – you mentioned putting guys on tape and putting their work on tape. You take a look at – that, I mean, they've been able to put stuff on tape since week two of the preseason, even week one of the preseason, basically. Yeah. I mean, the starters really didn't play much in week two, and week three you saw some, but not a lot. So those guys have all gotten a chance to uh, to do their thing. Yeah, that's what they have to do at this point. If you, if you know you're on the bubble and you're not sure if you're going to make this team, you know you have to give it your all because you're not just auditioning for this team. You're auditioning for all 32. Any final thoughts before uh, we uh, wrap up for today? Tomorrow – it is the Training Camp Awards segment. It's our final Best Podcast Training Camp edition. We need a nickname for these. The, the I know. I got to think about it. 
that and 30 other things. No, I'll, I'll put it out there now. We we are not, as the best product, best podcast available, we are not a finished product. We're still uh, crowdsourcing, brainstorming ideas yes. on what we want this podcast to become yes. during the season. So welcome any and all feedback yeah. through any social medium. Let us know what would be the ideal. Digital guys selling this here. The ideal best podcast available for the season because it will continue. We just don't know in what form or fashion throughout the season. Look, you usually fill out your your comment card because you want to complain at a restaurant. Well, we want you to fill it out with positive feedback, I mean, but if also you want constructive to criticism. Us, that's fine. I, yeah, I don't I mean, know what you're going to complain about. We're pretty nice guys. Yeah. Rate and subscribe. Yeah, exactly. All right. For Andrew Gribble, for Nick Shook, I'm Jason Gibbs. We will talk to you tomorrow for the final practice of the preseason. This has been the best podcast available.